What's going on, everybody? Welcome back again for another episode of Food, Sex, Politics, the fastest spreading podcast since the coronavirus. So back again, it's me, it's me, it's a D-A-V-E, your food porn unicorn, and always, of course, the beautiful Nicole Rodriguez, the registered dietitian. Nicole, how are you today? Well, Dave, I hope you have washed your hands <laughs> and then maybe wiped them on the hair of a freshly washed child. Have you heard that is the way to dry? That's now the way to dry your hands during the COVID-19 viral scare. So the coronavirus is already in New York and it, it just is, went into Jersey. So it's on its way. It is right in my county now officially. So right. if I don't see you next week, it's been real. And I'm glad we're going out with you know a bang. Let me tell you why we're going out on a high note today. Because we have an awesome guest. I'm so excited. We've been waiting. We've been waiting for her, like, kind of since the inception of this podcast. So it's kind of a big deal for us. This is a big night. So without, <laughs> without further ado, Dave, who do we have? Yeah, so, so it's been a running joke that Nicole's been booking all the guests, and, and it's always a guy. And, you know, I'm a good sharer, so it's okay. And, you know, Nicole always gets these cool three ways. But now it's my turn. And we have, we have a current activist, trainer, hairstylist, former adult industry star, Amy Lee Perkins on with us. Hey, thank you so much, you guys, for inviting me. This is like a party already. Yes. <laughs> we appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Amy, is Did the coronavirus in Texas yet? You know, uh, yeah, there's actually, I think, um, I think we actually had uh, somebody that tested positive down at the Center for Disease Control, and um, they accidentally released them back into the wild. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then called them, and we were like, oh, by the way, um, you actually tested positive, so you need to come back. So um, San Antonio was like, oh, great, man, like. So, so wait, yeah. did, did they are back? they out with are they out with a net like running around in the streets trying to catch <laughs> I don't person? know what's happening. I'm like come back it's here. Crazy. I know. Yeah. Himself in or are they still looking for them? Um, you know, I don't know. I'm not really that worried about it, you know? It's like uh I'll be honest, you know, it's like I I you know, I saw this Facebook meme the other day and it was like, you know, some of y'all should be more concerned with catching chlamydia than the coronavirus. Like <laughs> you're you're a little you're in the wrong arena worried about things, but um so no concern for you personally with the coronavirus. Yeah, any fear or what do you think? No, no. I mean I'm just not I think a lot of these things they come and go every year, you know. Um, you know, one year it's swine flu. I mean, even a few years ago, weren't we concerned about getting Ebola? Yeah, remember remember Ebola in twenty fourteen? Everybody freaks out. Yeah, and I'll admit, like when that one came around, I'm like, all right, this one might actually kill us. <laughs> Ebola <laughs> might <laughs> That, that was you like fool me once, but you ain't gonna fool me twice, right? Right, right. So I don't know. I mean, it's definitely. I mean, it's wild how the hysteria has become. I mean, my mom lives in Las Vegas, and she was just earlier today telling me that she was going out to get water because they have already started rationing water in Las Vegas. So you can't. Oh my! Really? Yeah. Now, she's are, you, a, are your grocery stores like getting hit really hard? Because I we went uh, when I was at Target last week. 
somebody or somebody was asking for a Purell and they said, nope, they're all out. Oh yeah. I saw someone, I'm going to joke online selling a little um, rolled up baggie of oh. like a gram of Purell. It was like $50 a gram or something Now's like that. the time. Now's the time to get into like the Purell um, underground market. <laughs> right. Right. Old black market dealing. We, we might want to start making our own. I heard, um, I heard you could maybe make it with Tito's vodka, but you didn't hear that here. So if you try, if you try it and you still cop that coronavirus, it wasn't my fault, but it was worth a try. But nice high cotton, nice. Uh, we need like a legal, we need a legal disclaimer for that one. Sorry. Yeah. My can yeah, you yeah. Yeah. You're good. So, okay. so, so in your, in your career in the industry, was yes. there was there ever a scare of a sexually transmitted disease on set? Like, did you ever oh, have yes. like have you how many like freakouts did you have? And like, what is the protocol? What what happens? And like, what kind of um, what kind of measures are in place to keep you all safe? So the industry, I mean, we had one really big scare. I want to say it was probably towards the end of my career, um, at the very end, actually. And I want to say that it was roughly around 2005 or 2006, um, give or take, uh, you know, a couple years. Um, it was a hazy few years for me in there. Um, <laughs> they um, actually, we had a really big HIV scare. Um, and, you know, the thing is, is that the industry, I've always said, whenever the conversation gets put on the table, I've always said that the adult industry is probably the safest place for people to be having casual sex because of the fact that it is so regulated with testing, you know. Um, so how you often have, do you test? Um, every 30 days, you get a full, you get a full panel. And um, when I say full panel, a full panel is generally um, chlamydia, gonorrhea, and then um, they do the HIV, um, chlamydia, gonorrhea, HIV. And they may have added something else in there. I think I heard they had, but I can't recall what it is now. Um, for Ebola. Right. Ebola, yes. <laughs> yeah, for Ebola. <laughs> Um, so, you know, there's a main testing center in Los Angeles, um, in Studio City, and it's called AIM Testing. And AIM Testing was um, put together originally um, in the late 80s, early 90s for, um, you know, actors and entertainers in the industry um, to help regulate and keep them safe um, from, you know, HIV, because, you know, during the early nineties, as we know, HIV was this, you know, was huge epidemic that was, you know, going on. Um, so, uh, yeah, so you go and you test and you do blood samples and stuff and you have, and um, they give you a, a certificate, like a medical certificate that has a gold seal on it. That you tells put them, it in your refrigerator? Like, what do you, what do you do with it? Yeah. And you carry it with you everywhere. And if you show up, to set and you don't have it you can't shoot which is oh, really so this is like a you you need this okay <laughs> oh it's yeah it's very serious and even if um it's the law and even uh, if, if you don't like if you show up and you don't have your test or your test is a day late but yeah they won't shoot you you've got to keep it current but um you know and that's helped a lot you know that's really helped a lot but see where it gets kind of tricky is you know you know for me honestly personally and i know this isn't 
you know, for, you know, everyone in the industry, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, you know, I was pretty hardcore in the industry for my time when I was in and my schedule was pretty rigorous. I mean, I was shooting at least a few times a week. And, um, so when I got done with set, I wasn't going out and looking to get involved in anything else. I wasn't, and at the time I wasn't even quite 21. I mean, I started doing video literally pretty much after I turned 18. So I couldn't even get into a bar. So I wasn't out, um, you know, drinking and hooking up and stuff like that. But there is people obviously because of the lifestyle that it is that are naturally very promiscuous and they would go out to the bar and then they go shoot the next day. And if their test was already valid, then they're not getting retested mm. until that 30 day mark. So then it becomes a little bit of uh, you know, it's a gamble. So and you hope that, you know, the other actors and stuff that you're working with are responsible enough and care enough about, you know, their fellow entertainers to, to handle that. But, you know, let's be honest, it's the adult industry. <laughs> so it's like, you know, people have certain social activities and stuff that they engage in. And you know what I mean? It's, um, it gets a little loose, <laughs> you know, in some ways. What was that like? What was like your first day on set like? Like what's what's the transition from being oh not a porn star to a porn star? Oh my gosh. So well, you know, circumstantially for me, getting into the industry was a little I don't wanna, you know, well, I think it's I mean not it's not always common. So you know, for me when I talk about the industry, I really don't like to try and paint it in one light or the other because I know that everybody has their own experience in it, you know. Um, for me, uh, you know, I was dancing at the time. So I started dancing right as I turned 18. I was actually a runaway and I started dancing in order to get, make money and I was terrible at it. Um, <laughs> I why, why, why do you say the Carlton or the sprinkler or the cabbage patch? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. The cabbage patch. Yeah. Um, well, see, the thing is, some people know and some people don't is that, you know, for a few years before I got involved into the industry, I was actually in it living in an all-girls school that was strictly Southern Baptist. I mean, it was essentially a convent. And I lived oh, in this. God. Yeah. I lived in this school in Corpus Christi, Texas with 72 other girls. Um, it was very, very strict. I mean, no pants, no makeup. We weren't allowed to watch TV. There was no TVs. Um, we were only, uh, we roomed with other girls, but we had intercom systems in our room so that you could hear in. Um, but we weren't allowed to talk like amongst each other. Um, we only got. Is this high school or is this grade school? Like, what are we talking? We're talking like high school. Like, wow. yeah. Like I got sent over there when I was about getting ready to turn 14. And, um, it was wild. Like it was, so it was a farm. It was a 700 acre farm and we went to school and went to church and everything was on the farm. Like we never left. So this, this sounds like the beginning of a porn. Right. Dave, Dave well, script in his head right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know Dave's somewhere else right now. Right. He's like, Oh really? Something <laughs> too close. <laughs> um, I'm on Pornhub right now. Say that again. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> So, but you know, so when I got, so when I came home, when I got out of school and I came home, I actually came home because my father passed away and I came home and me and my mother were just never got along, you know, total typical classic broken home situation. And I ran away. And so I ran away and I started dancing. I found myself dancing, um, obviously in strip clubs and 
although I could dance like physically, I had rhythm. I didn't understand the art of the hustle, right? Uh, I mean, that's pretty, you know, dancers are like 80% dance move or 80% hustle and 20%, you know, cabbage patch or <laughs> so, um, you know, and I just, I just didn't have an act for, I mean, and I, you know, I had been locked up in a girl's school for like, you know, pretty much through my hormonal teenage years. So there was a lot of that, um, socializing and stuff that I just didn't get because I had been locked up with 72 girls, you know? So it was very interesting. I really struggled. I got down to like my last $20, um, in LA and, um, oh, you LA. yeah, which is so, yeah, yeah, I've never even been to LA, you know? So that's kind of, I don't, honestly, when I look back on the last 15 years of my life, it blows my mind that I survived sometimes. I mean, did you, did you like hop a bus to LA? Um, literally. No. Like the Guns no, N' Roses I, Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm imagining. Like that. Yeah, Guns the actual Roses. Yeah. 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 No, I actually had a friend, a good friend at the time that helped me get into a car. And so I had this car and um, yeah, and I just drove the car out to LA and just literally walked into the first club and was like, oh, you know, I'm going to dance here. And I remember, and it was actually... um. I don't think it's open anymore. It was called Platinum Rain or something like that. It was like this hole in the wall club. And um really, always have the best names. I know. They really they do. You know names. what is so funny about this is I in okay, so there was a guy that fought UFC. He just fought in the last probably six years, seven years. The guy that fought from Dana White, right? Dana White, yeah. Yeah, well, not well, not the, no, the guy that just bought it from Dana White. Ah, the, um, the, but there was a fighter from Brazil and his name was Babalu and he won a UFC fight about seven years ago. And Babalu was actually the bouncer at this first club that I worked at in LA. And he used to walk me to my car every night and he had, I swear. And he just had moved to, to the U S he didn't speak a lick of English he was completely Brazilian, so it was all Portuguese. And um, he would only thing that he had learned from another bouncer was to ask me to dinner. So he would say, I take you dinner. And he would say this every night when he would walk me to my car. So fast forward like 10 years later, and I'm in Vegas, and I'm bartending at the time, and the TV comes on, and there he is, like in the middle of you know, UFC dome fighting. And I'm like, son of a bitch, you made it. <laughs> you just, you just never know. You just, I know it's so wild. I mean, but that's LA, right? Everyone's chasing a dream, right? Like so, six degrees, right? Yeah. Just wild. But were there, were there any stars at the time who you looked up to? Like, did you have a role model in the industry at all? Because I mean, that's gotta be around the time of what that's like Heather Hunter, Jenna Jameson, right? Like that's that kind of era. Yeah, Was there yes. anyone that you like looked to? Well, you know, for me, I had never been in the industry. I mean, obviously never been in the industry, but I had never even seen a porn. <laughs> I got involved in porn. Until you were um, Never. Yeah, no, never. I And so, and really when I decided to do porn, I was just so um, in such survival mode that 
I, when, I mean, I knew what it was, you know, obviously walking into it when they explained it to me, but I never in a million years, my first thought was, this isn't the housekeeping job I applied for. Right. My first thought was, well, no one's ever going to see this. Like who watches porn, like truckers and like weirdos. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know, keep in mind, I was literally, like I said, I just came off of a seven, 800 acre farm where literally it was like me, Jesus, and you know what I mean? Some friends. So uh, Jesus might've been watching. I know. Gosh, let's just not even <laughs> take that ride right now. So, um, but yeah, so when I, once I got into the industry and stuff, Jenna was still active in the industry. I think she was running club Jenna at the time. Um, that was pretty big. And, um, she had crystal, she had just signed crystal steel um as a contract girl i was really into belladonna belladonna was pretty much um her and her boyfriend at the time nacho who was um you know was big in the industry at that time i just her style she was very kind of like sex bratty and she was very hardcore and she had a similar um, past. I think her parents might be Mormon. She might have grown up in the Mormon church, I think. Um, but you just she, need that outlet. She was a bad mother, dude, like for real. <laughs> and I love that about her. I loved her that she was just like, take no shit. You know what I mean? She was awesome. So did you meet uh, her? Did you, did you become friends? Yeah, well, I did meet her, but I met her in passing um, at AVN one year, and um, she was just so sweet. She's so soft-spoken. Like, you know, you wouldn't, and it's so funny because we get these ideas of these girls, or even in celebrities in Hollywood, of like who they are, how they act and stuff, and then um, they're just people, you know? So it's like you meet them, and then their um, personalities are so different than what you you're the fantasy in your mind that it would be, you know? So, but yeah, she was really great. Um, you know, I was so, you know, I was so kind of isolated though. I would literally work and come home and that was it. I was very boring. I never did drugs on set ever. I never even saw them. I think I was like such a dork that people didn't even offer them to me. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, this you, you were the one so that they weird. made it into the door in case the cops came. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, I was very awkward, you know, and I still am in a lot of ways. Like, my personality can be very awkward. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just had, you know, and then I hear, you know, it's a bummer because I hear stories of girls being like, oh, I was drugged or, oh, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into and I was mistreated. And now, what was your experience of the industry? Did you always feel safe? Did you always feel like you were in control? Like, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, overall, for the most part, I felt like it was a business, definitely. I mean, I was always, you know, I always knew what I was walking, getting into. I mean, now, granted, for how old I was and for what the industry truly entails, I mean, I definitely could have used more support, some more guidance as far as how to navigate navigate those things you know what I mean I think they were a little above my head even at 18 years old but overall like I knew what I was doing I gave consent I knew right from wrong you know what I mean I knew that I was having sex on camera I knew you know and, and do they, do they lay the whole thing out in front of you like this is what we're gonna do today xyz or are they just like hey show up and uh surprise well no I mean you know what you're gonna get into I mean most girls have 
uh, basically, um, you know, you have your do's and your don'ts, you know, you have the stuff you'll do and the stuff you won't do. And so my name is on Mo's don't list for some reason. um yeah so i mean overall i mean it was it was an interesting experience you know it's it was interesting so this was on the don'ts list for you Uh, what'd you say can we ask what was on the don't on the no list um yeah i was not into um basically like large group sex. I wasn't into the idea of like gangbangs and stuff like that. It's just, you know. Because you're a lady. Because <laughs> I'm a lady, yes. So, <laughs> um, no gangbangs. That wasn't really for me. And nothing really, you know, um, it's no gangbangs. Gosh, I'm thinking, I'm like, I really, I don't know how many boundaries I really had because that's the only one I can remember. <laughs> that's probably a good place to draw a line. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. right. so, so no. pretend I'm stupid. Is a gangbang more than two on one? Yeah. Well, yeah. What qualifies? What's the number? Yeah. When I think of a gangbang, I think of like probably anything over probably two. Don't you think? Like three, four. But like, what I know, girls that like specialize in gangbangs if that's a specialty and so you know we're talking like 10 15 plus guys 20 guys 30 guys I mean that's that would that was you know that was a little much for me I can <laughs> just I don't know that's a that's a lot of dicks coming at you that's a lot of dicks man. it really it really is <laughs> so it I, is, I, I it's just work I <laughs> yeah so like during this time frame when you were really active obviously the social media landscape was a lot different and not really quite existent right like we had myspace freaking friendster yeah. whatever right. so so obviously so obviously we're in a much different day and age as far as social media is concerned and really like my impression is that I think most people are becoming a little bit more enlightened about this kind of work and that there is less of a stigma attached to it and that you can embrace it and, you know, showcase it as being empowering. Now, back when you were active, could you have foreseen that? Or at that time, if those tools were available, would you have felt comfortable using them, if that makes sense? So like, what was, what was your feeling about how you were perceived like socially at that time and were there barriers like was there ever a time when you when you felt like you were bullied or mistreated by other women or anything like that you know I I found that as far as the the social media aspect goes I mean definitely I mean my space was like really at the forefront at that time um and you know I was definitely in a mindset where looking back on it, you know, I, I, financial, you know, the, the monetary gain for me was really the driving force at the time. Um, but also I feel like, you know, I was kind of in this, I don't want to say revenge mode, but I was kind of on this revelation or is that, what's the word I'm looking for? Re- re- rebellion to some extent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like coming out of like being in, um, so just like held underneath the thumb of the religious schooling and stuff that I was in and 
being frustrated with, you know, the situations at home and, you know, taking off, I was very wild, like very, very wild. And I think that overall, um, nobody ever really gave me any shit about it. Like I was never, um, you know, I never really, I mean, I feel like people are more just curious about it overall. Mm. But I think too, it had a lot to do with the circles that I was in, you know what I mean? Cause at that time I was barely 20. So it's like, um, and I was living in Vegas and I turned 21 in Vegas and I was running around in the Vegas scene and you know, it's Vegas. So it's like, you know, you have a lot of actors, you have a lot of musicians, you have a lot of models. There's a lot of that um, going on where somebody to some degree is involved in entertainment, you know, it's the culture. Um, yeah. It's, it's the, the culture norm, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So now the only thing I would definitely say that became a struggle and still is a struggle that I actually deal with now currently is my personal relationships as far as like my romantic relationships. Um, yeah, that was going to be my next question. Like, like your guys would be all for that though, no? Yes. Yeah, well, that's kind of like the fantasy idea, right? I mean like, oh, and that's kind of, you know, so at the time when I was in the industry, I had a boyfriend and we were very young. I mean, I, like I said, I was only like 19, 20. And, um, I don't really, you know, he wasn't really about it. He was just, but he met me and I was already doing it. So I kind of gave him the, well, it is what it is. And if it ain't, then I'm going to be over here doing this and, you know, and so he just kind of rolled with it. But, you know, at first what I noticed is like, I start dating someone and obviously it's not, I have enough material out there that it's not something that I can hide. You know what I mean? It is, you know, I was you know, I had a name in it, you know, not a huge name, but I mean, like I said, there's definitely material out there. And now, did um, you ever try to hide it? Like, was it something that you didn't really want people to know? Or were you always like, yeah, this is it. This is what it is. No, no, because you know, I, when I decided to do it, I told myself that I would never allow myself to be ashamed of it because I didn't want to be ashamed of myself because I knew why I chose to do it, you know, and the circumstances that surrounded it. Mm. And also at that time when I got involved in it and I was doing it, I really only had my own ass to fall back on. And I'm like, well, if I can't, um, if I can't be proud of myself regardless, or if I can't have that self-love regardless, I'm never going to be able to expect somebody to meet me there regardless of what I'm doing, you know? And that became a huge survival point for me you know to just make it through so is it um, common more so for people to date within the industry just because you know kind of what's going on with each other or is yeah, it that's, yeah it's very common for actors to get together and you know to marry within the industry and stuff because they have like now you know everyone's talking like polyamorous right? Like polyamorous is like the new, you know, I don't want to say it's new, but it's like the trend. That's what the kids are I doing, feel. right? Yeah, it's what all the kids are doing. Exactly. And, you know, I went on a, a date like a few weeks ago and I met this guy and he was a little bit older than me. He's 45. And we went on a date and he was very charming and he was very nice. And 
um, a total gentleman. And he told me right out the gate, he's like, you know, I was married for 20 years and I'm done with marriage. I don't want to get married again. And I'm only seeking out women who are interested in polyamorous relationships. And throws it out there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, I can totally respect. I'd rather, you know what I mean? Yeah. No guessing game there. Exactly. No, but I mean, that that sooner he's still taken back a little bit. Um, not really. Honestly, at this point, Dave, not much shocks me. <laughs> it takes a lot. You know, I've, I've seen quite a bit and I've heard quite a bit at this point. So it, 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 do, it doesn't like it's, re- it's refreshing. You know, I feel like people these days try and um, hide so much between like the idea of who they think they should be and who they really are. And I think, you know, people are a lot of people just struggle with identity so much. And that's why people are so depressed and stuff because they just don't own who they are, you know? Um, so it was refreshing. I mean, but going back as far as like the relationships in the industry goes, you know, outside. So like as an at entertainer in the industry for people that are not involved, we call them civilians. <laughs> So I think actor actors say the same thing, right? Like Matt Damon calls his wife a civilian. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I, I, for I, sure. I have, I have no idea. That's funny. So, um, but yeah, and but what I found is like if I well, at times like young guys or younger guys at the time, or even now, or relationships now, um, when I would tell them at first, it's like they're like, oh yeah, you know, like it's hot for them you know they're like oh shit like a porn star like oh you know because it becomes locker room talk for them you know they're like oh i'm dating this you know, I would call my mom <laughs> you would i'd call my mom then nicole <laughs> really come on you know i'd be first billing on that one day <laughs> so funny yeah but you know at first they're like oh yeah it's hot but then you know as the relationship progresses um and feelings start to get involved then it becomes a different animal you know and uh you know I was in a relationship for seven years you know got married did that and he never he didn't want to talk about it he never or I told him for I mean I would tell the first date I have with a guy I'm like look I did this if you know moving forward I like to put it on the table so that you know, so that you don't feel like I'm pulling the wool over your eyes. Like this is out there. People in my circles and my personal, you know, they know this about me. They, you know, I mean, I have an entire tattoo sleeve of a porn reel on my arm. Like it's kind that's, of, that's amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, you know, and it was a big part of my life at one time. So, um, and but, you know, like with my ex-husband, he didn't, he never really wanted to look at it. He never, you know, anything like that. And then we were together for about four years and we were six months away from getting married and he ended up looking it all up <laughs> one afternoon and it became a very, it, be, it was a very like nasty sort of thing where, you know, he couldn't, he just couldn't deal with it. He just right. couldn't. You know, well, that, that sounds a little self-destructive on his part. Yeah, you know, and I'm like, why now? Like, yeah, cho- choices, choices. Right, right. So, and you know what? It's tough too because 
you know, trying to process that for myself and trying to break that down. And I'm like, you know, I understand that you feel bad about it, but this happened 15 years before I even knew you existed. Like, you know, like I'm in a completely different season in my life now. (laughs) So I'm like, you know, like, I'm sorry. I know, like, I'm sorry, but I'm not really sorry because why am I apologizing? Context is everything and where you are in your life matters. So yeah. Right. Right. Like, can I get some credit for not doing it now? (laughs) Yes. I don't know. Like, you know, so, um, but yeah, it's interesting. I ve- I get very different. In fact, I just had, so I've been dating another guy, talking to another guy very casually. And uh, tonight, right before the podcast, we had a conversation and he was like, wow. He's like, you know, I still can't believe that you did porn. He goes. He would have been awesome to have on. We should have had him on too. Yeah, oh. we should just we should just have one of your dates broadcast live and yeah. right? maybe having this right? whole conversation. Oh my god, I could wear like a little thing in my ear, like on Ellen. Yes, like a double. Like that would be so cool. Yes, like a hidden camera. Like we're on a double date with you. I love it. Oh my god, that would be really fun. We'd probably end up starting our own like really casual. What is it like porn fetish, but not porn? <laughs> yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, might be the time. Right at the time. So, um, yeah, so he was like, yeah, I can't believe you did porn. And then he's like, um, what do you say? He goes, so he's like, How, like, you couldn't have just posed nude. He's like, it was just like full blown, huh? And I was like, yeah. Okay. I know. I know. I'm like, you know, man, if I had all the answers for you, I <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did. I'm like, Wait, you, know. you talk about like porn now. So as, as like an elder stateswoman of porn, what yeah. do you think of like all like the stepmom, stepson, step plumber, dog, whatever else porn? Like I what think, do you think of the industry now? You know, I think I am such a class. Like I still watch porn. Like I'm not, I, it doesn't, um, I, I wouldn't say, um, like, you know, daily or anything like that. But I definitely, you know, I still watch porn, but I'm a very classic kind of porn connoisseur. I like girl, girl. I like, which I feel like is pretty popular for women, right? Um, Girl, girl. I like, you know, just general, you know, I really like that more sensual porn that they have come up with for women where it's more kind of, um, it's just more sensual. More like Um, the friendly stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then um some of it's gotten really crazy. Like honestly, some of it like so much like I can't I can't. But you know, I have a very my I have a very dynamic to my personality. Like I am very on one side is like very wild and lack of self-control and impulsive and reckless and then the other side is very reserved and very kind of shy and awkward. And um, well, that's just in there. Uh, yeah, so, um, but you know, a lot of this porn these days is kind of, it's just, I don't know, some of it's like way over my head. Like, I'm not, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, have, have you ever, have you ever had the, the itch to get back in and get behind the camera? You know, I've, so I've recently had some, um, 
a good friend of mine come to me because I was trying, um, you know, when I was married, so I just went through a divorce in December and I was with my husband for, um, total uh, almost seven years. And when we were together, I didn't work. I went to school to get my hair license. And other than that, I stayed home with the kids and did, you know, the housewife thing. And, um, anyway, so now that we are divorced, I'm on my own now as a single mother. And I'm out there trying to kind of navigate things again and kind of like reinvent myself. And um, so I had, I've been trying out different projects and stuff to see, you know, what I really want to do. And anyway, so I had someone come to me and say, you know, I think that you would be awesome doing like erotic photography for women because I, I really love uh, photography a lot. I love art a lot. Um, and you know, the whole glam side of makeup and hair and all of that. So, um, I had a friend and they were like, you know, you have experience with, you know, posing for hustler and, you know, publications and stuff like that. And, you know, being in the industry, like women would probably feel really comfortable with you, you know, and shooting photos. Um, and, and the, like, I can't even pronounce it right now. Um, what are they? The Bajur photos? Oh, like, I, I like, I don't think I don't think any of us have it right and it's totally okay. <laughs> yeah that's why I didn't want to totally murder we're, it, so. we're, we're all messing it up it's perfect French bedroom stuff yeah yeah but you guys know what I'm putting down so yeah <laughs> um but yeah so and I was like wow that's actually a really great idea so I'm actually um just getting all the equipment and stuff for it now and I'm gonna start trying to shoot that stuff and um as far as like video and stuff goes I think I'm I think I'm good on that. Um, that's, that's fair. That is my dream job, by the way. What was that? That is my dream job. Da Dave, is, Dave is starting that up too. He's he hasn't told his family yet, but he's going to be setting up some boudoir. Dave is the master of all hats. That of all yeah, he could, hats. he could, he could do it. <laughs> He's the the, the he unicorn. Could do it. So, so wait, so what, what was it like being directed in a porn? Like, I mean, you know how to have sex. I mean, what what's it like being directed? Well, so the thing is with porn is like, you know, you only see the scene, but what you don't realize is like a lot of times, unless it's like a POV scene which is point of view, right? Um, unless it's something like that, like on an actual production of a set, I mean, there is anywhere between 15 to 100 people on set. So when you're, yeah. So, I mean, literally at any given moment for a bigger, oh you know, gosh. bigger production, you have anywhere between one to three cameramen, you have lighting, you have makeup artists, you have, you know, the uh, catering truck people, you have like- See, I need to get into that. I need to do like the catering there you go. You know, and so, you know, I remember my, what, probably my, well, probably my first or second video I ever shot and I was on set. Now keep in mind, like I said, I got involved in video because at the time I was like a runaway and I was living out of a hotel and I had no money, like no money. I was like starving to death. And, um, I showed up and there was this catering table and it was full of food, like everything that you could want to eat, you know? And I was like, oh my God, this is so great. So um, I was sitting there and I was eating and this actor came up to me and he's like, this doesn't weird you out. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, you know, he's like, we all just kind of like hook up around here and then come over here and pick up a couple grapes. And then, you know what I mean? Like, <sighs> it doesn't weird you out. And I never, I just didn't think about it. Like, 
you know? Um, Way to make it uncomfortable, dickhead. You I saw know, that like, you saw that catering spread and you were about it about it. I don't blame you. Right. I was like, I didn't even care. But after that, I never forgot about that. Every single time I was on set and there was a catering table there. I I made, I made sure to get to it first and then I never went back to it. <laughs> <laughs> it just gave me like the worst paranoia, but I don't like that someone shamed you out of enjoying no, your food. Oh. That. That's messed up. Oh, it's messed up. I know it is kind of. But you know what? As far as like the directing, like on set goes, usually like when you get started in a scene, you know who you're with, like your actor that you're with or actress that you're with. And then usually you, what it is. Do you meet each other beforehand? Do you like say, hi, I'm Bill or whatever? Um, well, some people you'll work Bill. with more than once, Bill, yeah, <laughs> Buffalo, Bill, no, mm-hmm. um, but some people you'll work with more than once, right, and then so you'll, you know, obviously recognize them or whatever, and, you know, if not, then, yeah, usually it's just like, hey, how's it going, like, you know, I'm so-and-so, and you're like, great, and then you just, that's it, and the director's like, okay, you know, we are gonna do, let's just say it's a typical boy-girl sex scene, they're like, okay, well, we need to get two minutes of head, you know, or oral sex. And then sometimes the girls are lucky enough to get it. Sometimes not. And then you usually have three to four positions and they'll tell you, okay, we want this, we want this, we want this and this, whether, you know, they'll give you four sexual positions and then the pop shot. So, or the money shot or, you know, so Sometimes you can effortlessly, if you worked with an actor or an actress before, you can transition fairly easily without stopping and going and stopping and going. But it doesn't generally flow that easily because of lighting and hiccups and needing lube and cramps and, you know what I mean, all these different little ailments that go into shooting a porn. So So is it a job or did you love doing it? It was a job. I mean, I definitely, you know, this is another thing with me is that, you know, over the years, um, I've had moments with it, um, in conversation where I think that conversation with people where I think that they're hoping that I'm going to say that I regretted it, or they're hoping that I'm going to feel some kind of shame for it because the idea of it for them makes them uncomfortable. And so they need something to justify that, you know, they want and- you to validate it. Right. Right. They want me to validate why they feel uncomfortable about it. But really and truly, like I, like I said, I was completely sober on every set I was on ever. I never had to get messed up in order to shoot. I never had to get loaded afterwards. Um, I found it empowering. And in a lot of ways, I still do. Like, it's my body. I say so. I say yes. I say no. You know what I mean? Um, you know, like Larry Flint always just used to say, you know, relax. It's just sex. Like we've made it into okay. this massive animal. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it's so natural. And I mean, now granted, some poor sex isn't really natural, but overall, <laughs> you know, it's I don't know. And it's you know, and it doesn't and, and that's the thing too is um, you know, I'm getting more um into my writing and stuff. Writing is a huge passion for me. Um and it has been my whole life. Um and it's definitely You're one of those on things. Instagram lately, you have amazing stuff. Yeah. Oh th- really thank strong. You. We love thank it. you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really and truly coming from me, but go ahead. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, are you kidding? Your stuff is phenomenal. I love seeing your posts so much. Um, 
Yeah. And you know, writing is one of those things for me though, that it was, it's such a passion for me. It's like, I'm terrified of it. So I kind of, I've really shied away from it. Um, you know, I got published when I was very, very young at like six years old. Um, and over the years, I just don't think that it was nurtured the way that it could have been. And then I didn't give it the time. So, but now that I'm getting a little bit older, it's definitely, it's just, I just love it. It's, you know, and I'm trying, it's like, as much as I love it, I'm scared of it. You know what I mean? So, but with that, you, you, you put out some incredible stuff. It's really good. Thank you so much. And, you know, but now what I'm really learning at this season in my life, just like, you know, I was saying about the porn and stuff and that history with that is that embracing that because it's who I am. And it's something that I did, in fact, enjoy doing. And I don't feel like I should have to be ashamed of that, you know, and that into what you do now. Because, you know, what I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to, you know, People like some of my friends and stuff kind of give me a, a hard time because I'm a huge Cardi B advocate. <laughs> like, I love Cardi B. I like, I like her tenacity. I like her drive. She is a tough bitch, man. And she does not, she's basically taken, you know, the stigma of being a stupid stripper and now she's a multi-millionaire platinum selling artist she's branded herself yes and she's branded herself so ruthlessly you know and you know and that's the thing is that you know not every girl or woman is out there able to live a sheltered contained life full of guidance and love and financial support. And you know what I mean? There's women out there that at the end of the day are struggling and they're going through trauma and they've been abused or they've had to do certain things in order to survive. And you know what? Their dreams aren't any smaller than any of these, uh, you know, these other women who people deem are, you know, like what's the what am I looking for? I just totally my brain just went. Poof. It's not somebody growing up that's going to be a doctor. I mean, they sure could be a yeah, doctor. Yeah, like their dreams yeah. are like more important because of their social status or their families sure. they belong to, or the, you know them being able to live this life of comfort, or you know what I mean. There's there's a certain rawness and realness that come from women that struggle because they know and they've seen the dark sides of corners that people won't even dare to venture into you know and about the hustle though right 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 and you know and using that you know I had a friend that's a psychologist in LA um, years ago and we were having dinner one night and I was talking to him about some things and he said you know what Amy he said you're one of the strongest women I've ever met and he goes but you have to learn to use these things as a strength and not a crutch He's like, you've got to learn to stand up and use the things that you've been through as a strength. And that stuck with me all these years. And now that I'm older and I'm a little bit more mellow and I'm more mature and a little bit wiser, I'm like, oh, I can see it. You know what I mean? I can see it as it's not a detriment like these things. It's a detriment if I allow it to be, you know, if I allow it to, and I punish myself with it and I let other people who... Um, haven't walked that mile and are very narrow-minded to punish me for it. But yeah, well, what happens when I strap it on my back like a weapon and I stand up and say, uh, fuck that. Now what? You know what I mean? So, and 
you know, I think women um, are really on a forefront now where they're realizing that they can be all those, you know, they can be, a, they can be a good mother and a strong woman. They can be, um, you know, they can have the sex life that they want to have and be responsible. And you know what I mean? It doesn't, you don't have to have one or the other. Like you get, you can have it all, you know, you and can be really, all the things. Yeah. And have so all the yeah. And you can have all those things that you want. You don't have to compartmentalize yourself anymore. Like, you know, and we've had some incredible women forge those um, paths for us over, you know, many years, you know, just like we were talking about the politics stuff. You know what I mean? I make sure to make an effort to go out and vote every time because it's like there was women at one point in time that fought for my right to vote. Like, you know, that when they didn't have that opportunity and that we're out, you know, kicking in doors and, you know what I mean, kicking ass for that. And I respect that. As a woman, that makes me very proud. And I think that that needs to be honored and that needs to be respected. Where, so do, you, woman, where do you see, like, the political climate right now with everything? Um, you know, I think the political climate, honestly, is always what it has been and what it's always going to be. It's always going to be a dogfight. You know, everyone's going to have their own opinions. It's going to be the left against the right. You know, it's, that's how it's always going to be. And at the end of the day, I think that you need this as long as individuals, you know, you can really get behind. Like I have a friend that's, a, you know, that has totally different political views than I do. And she gets really fiery. And like, I love just kind of like geeking her up because she gets so fiery. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, Again, we should have this on as well. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's wild. She's wild. So she got so upset and we were talking and I don't have any problem. I'm, I'm a Trump supporter. I, I vote for Trump. Um, oh, we and, definitely need to have her on then. I want to hear her yell at you. <laughs> yeah. She, she got so upset the other day that um, she walked out of my house and slammed the door and didn't talk to me for like three days, right? So, and her argument for me was, is, you know, I grew up in a very poverty um level as a child um my you know my mom was on welfare and my mom was a, a career drug addict my whole life and I grew up in the system and with the handouts and you know of different things and she's like I just can't believe that you could stand by and this and you know yeah 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 and she was like so mad and I was just like and then she stormed out and slammed the door and like I said I didn't talk to her for two days and then when she came back around when she cooled down She's like, I just, she's like, I just get so upset. And I'm like, I understand. I said, you know, but at the end of the day, like, clearly I got that, you know, but I'm like, but at the end of the day, um, I respect that you're allowed to make that choice for yourself. Like, that's the beauty of being an American. You know what I mean? That's the beauty of our freedom and, you know, and being able to make those choices and not have somebody dictate that for us, you know, and I don't know. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm wondering that I, you know, I, I see you as an advocate for women. I see you as an advocate for their choices. And I, I imagine that you're someone who wants women to have all of the choices that are currently available to them. Right. And hopefully not have any, have any of these freedoms taken away from us. Do you have any concern moving forward? What's probably going to be another four years? Do you have a concern that some of our rights may be sort of backtracked? And like, do you feel, I mean, do you feel you're most comfortable 
self. I know you're in a different part of the country. Do you feel your most comfortable self as a woman under this administration? Um, you know, uh, you know, I do. I, and, and, you know, and the reason why I do is because in one way it's like, I mean, if we're just, you know, really putting it out there on the table, I mean, if we're really, you know, throwing it out there as far as like get the movement with abortion and all this stuff, you know, this yeah. is where it, it gets really tricky because I don't believe one shoe fits all. It just doesn't. I feel like that's unrealistic, you know, but at the same point in time, I think that when we're really looking at numbers and I'm not even numbers, but when we're thinking about women in the situations that we're in, I feel like we have to take an account. We have to take the children that are being affected into account also. Like, I don't feel like one, I can't, like, it's hard for me to say, Oh, I think this human life is more important than this human life. And you know what I mean? And that's where it becomes a, a struggle for me. And I really have a hard time with that overall because I grew up in a very conservative religious um, background. And um, well, as far as like where life starts. Yeah. Yeah. And like the point of conception, because I had, you know, all things like I was saying, I have such a dynamic to my personality and I have a very strong faith. And, you know, that's something that is personal to me. I'm not the type of person that is like, oh, if you don't go to church, you're going to go to hell. You know what I mean? Right. I believe that like my, my relationship with God is my relationship with God. That's something that I've nurtured and that is a huge center point in my life. But there's a lot of people that would look at my life and look at my past and be like, oh, well, how are you going to say this when you were over here doing this, you know? Um, but that's because I believe that God loves us as we are. Like the whole message behind having faith in God is love. And it's not going to fit into this box for that's going to fit for this person or that person. The message is love, period. That's it. And in order to truly love other people and to respect life, you have to respect it at every, from the beginning until the end. You know, I don't, I don't feel like there's, I don't feel like love, like the true message of love has any starts or stops. I feel like it's, it just flows. It's forever, you know? So, and it's a tricky, it's a, it's a tough, tough conversation, you know, and it's hard because somewhere, some, you know, it's hard to talk on it and not offend people, you know, it's hard because everybody has such different experiences, you know, and, and it is tough because, you know, I really believe that women have come so far and that we deserve it all. We do, you know, yeah. and we, I feel like we, you know, women are tough, you know, really and truly like we have, and we keep, and we just keep overcoming these like incredible hurdles and, at, but it, then it comes down once again. So it's like, okay, well then how can you say that they, you know, deserve all, you know, that they do and then say that they don't have a right to do what they want with their own bodies. And I mean, and it's tough, it's a tough argument, you know, it's definitely not something that, um, I don't know. And honestly, like if I'm being completely honest, like it's so tough for me that I don't have the only answer I can think to come to for me where I feel comfortable is saying that I believe that all life um, from the moment of conception on into it 
you know, potentially being born and growing into a woman or a male or, you know, it's still human life and it has to be respected. Amy, we're going to have to have you back on when we get closer to the election. We're going to have to duke this one out. I know, I know. And it's so tough, you know, like, you know, it just, it is, it's a really tough thing. And I've sat with myself with it, you know, over, you know, when everything was, you know, really starting just like in the last four years or whatever, when there was a big, you know, the big push and pull with Hillary and all of that stuff. And, you know, I have a lot of friends I'm, you know, you know, I'm from the Bay area of California and I have a lot of really liberal friends and they are very, you know, highly intelligent people that are far more educated in politics than I am and have very strong views of things. And it's, it's a tough, it's a tough conversation. You know, it's like, how, how do we, how do we blanket respect for everybody and not offend some people at the same time? Like, everybody yeah. gets too offended. I mean, that's just I, and, yeah, and everyone gets too offended. I agree. I think, yeah. Dave, I think you have our lightning round. As Amy, a finisher. are you done with a little lightning round? Uh, yeah, of course. I'm excited. All right, so we have poli- so we're food, sex, politics. So, if you could have sex with any politician, who would it be? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Really? <laughs> Oh my gosh. And living, like you can't pick like JFK or anybody like that. Oh, that's no fair. Okay, yeah, living. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. Living. <laughs> oh, they have to be living. Oh, well, shoot. Oh. I'm not good with this. I'm gonna piss Nicole off. I'm gonna pick AOC. <laughs> <laughs> I would expect nothing less. <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't know. All right, you can do that one. All right. <laughs> politics is. I'll be honest. Politics are not my strong point. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, you got anybody on that one? Uh, do, do I get to try and flip Mayor Pete? Was that our? Are you going to try to flip Mayor Pete? Or just see what goes on in his no, bed, just like you. in general. <laughs> That's a good pick. Now, every, everyone knows that typically I would say Governor Cuomo, but yeah, I was going to say I, I had. You I'm kind of getting. I'm. I'm kind of getting tired of him lately. So. Oh, you're going to try to split Mayor Pete? <laughs> good on you. Good on you. Amy, are you a burger fan? A burger fan? Yeah, of course. What? I like cheese? that answer. Of course. Yeah, Sorry. Go ahead. What is your cheese of choice for a cheeseburger? Oh, cheese of choice. Um, probably just good old cheddar. Yeah, right. or or pepper jack. Kind of in the middle here. All right. So, did, yeah. what what food kind of thing do you go for? Are you more like uh, California? Are you more Texas? Like where do where do you fall on that one? You know, it's so funny. It's like my top two. Wait, well, mm. God, I love food. Um, probably ribeyes. I love a good ribeye steak, but I love sushi. Yeah, I love sushi, but a good ribeye steak, like if it was like last meal, like death row status, then it would be a, a ribeye steak. With how do you like your steak done? Uh, medium rare. Jesus. Yes, outstanding. Yeah, only way to only way to do it. Yeah, where it's a little bloody, so it still kind of tastes primal, but it's cooked. It's like charred a little bit. Oh, God. So Keep good. talking, bro. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> so good. No, that was the last one. Wow. 
I love it. Well, Amy, I love your story and um, really admire how you take ownership and how you're moving your experiences into this direction where you can really advocate for other women too and empower them as well. So can you tell everyone what, what is your, what is your dream for the future, your dream business that I know you have plans in place to, to kind of get that rolling? Are you ready to actually put that into the universe? Yeah. Um, you know, right now I am hoping to develop a program, you know, for women that, um, are just facing, you know, different areas of adversity, whether, you know, right now, like I said, I, you know, just recently went through a divorce myself. Um, you know, I, uh, was in the industry. So transitioning out of, you know, just different, um, season seasons as a woman myself from, you know, being a housewife and now a single mom and dating and doing all these different things. Um, I'm hoping to develop a program that will help women to, um, you know, really get to a point where they can kind of, you know, settle in with, you know, maybe different, um, difficulties that, that they're having and really find their identities with themselves so they can ultimately, nurture, you know, the stronger aspects of their, you know, their dreams and their personalities so that they can ultimately live in their, um, the fullest potential, you know, of themselves and show up, you know, for the, as their best selves for their lives. Um, I have a, you know, a lot of women that I know that are really struggling and they're, you know, they feel like they're struggling alone a lot of times. And it's, it's too bad because it's so, you know, once you start, talking to people or, you know, even, you know, it's been amazing to me on social media, just the community is like, I found that the more vulnerable I am, the more the support, you know, like you do think that you're alone. And then all of a sudden, like you get real with people and they're like, Hey, me too, you know, or I can really relate to that. So I just hope that, you know, I can, you know, do something that will help, you know, women really kind of get in touch with, who they are and who they hope to be and help kind of bridge that for them and give them that support. And, um, yeah. And just, you know, hopefully help them to show up as their best selves. And Amy, speaking of social media, tell everybody where they can find you. So on social media, on Instagram, I'm under yo Amy Lee. Um, and, uh, right now that's, that's pretty much what I'm doing. I'm just kind of in my little corner over there, just trying to, um, bob and weave and figure it out. So, yeah, I would love it. Awesome stuff. We look forward to everything that you have coming up. Anybody yeah, gets a chance, you. definitely go read all the posts. The writing is fucking phenomenal. So, uh, oh, we appreciate so you good. sharing so your story. Good. You absolutely fucking rock. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me, you guys. It was absolutely my pleasure. Thank you so much. Come back before November. Yeah, we okay. Need to yeah, just let me know. We, we need we need uh, we need to catch up on your dating life. We need your friend that's going to yell at you. We need it all. Okay, great. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm going to bring some friends next time. I love uh, it. We'll make it a podcast gangbang. Exactly. <laughs> that is not on my no list. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've determined you have no no list, right? <laughs> maybe Dave. Maybe Dave will get a no list together by by next time. Probably not, but. <laughs> Uh, it's possible everyone thank you so much for listening until next time nicole and dave signing off good night good night